0: Got your bibles were in hebrews i was away last week i was preaching in a jubilee church over there in the quad on sunday morning so i was preaching there and uh, uh you know loved being with them but also loved being back you know back with my family you know so it's always nice to be here and uh, share together we're in hebrews chapter 10 and uh gonna have to find your bible I just want to read one verse to you. It says this, uh, and Matt started this series last week, uh, just these few little sermons on, on these, this little few verses. of Verse 19 to, few, to, to verse 25 is the reading. Um, I'm just going to read one verse. Verse 24 says this, Let us hold unswervingly, everybody say unswervingly, unswervingly, it's hard to say, isn't it? Unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. I See, you know, as we were just singing and... Um, worshiping the Lord and man we had a good time this morning didn't we worshiping anybody else enjoy that I don't know about you but I I love to worship Jesus don't you and uh, I I just love to kind of sing his praise together and just to lift up his name together and I was just reminded of that scripture you know it says Jews demand signs and uh, Gentiles look for wisdom but we preach Christ Christ crucified you know Christ is the hope of the world isn't he Christ is is the one that we're proclaiming, you know, and, uh, you know, we want to see signs, you know, so often we get fixated on signs, we want to see miracles, we want to see all those things, and they're important to us, and then we, we want wisdom, we want wisdom for living, everybody wants wisdom for living in this world, but, you know, the gospel is about Christ, it's not the wisdom of man, it's not the signs that man want, it's the gospel of Jesus Christ crucified for us, and therefore we need to get overwhelmed and excited and carry that in our hearts, Amen. And so today, the, uh, uh, the word is really just from this uh, verse, 23, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. I want to talk about holding on to hope today. Holding on to hope. You know, there's a, uh, there's a place for hope. Hope is an incredible uh, attribute in somebody's life, isn't it? Because when you meet somebody who's got hope, it changes, and, and they change how you respond to them. When you meet somebody who's hopeless, it's, it's overwhelming, isn't it? And we need to be people who carry hope in our hearts. We need to be people who carry hope, the hope of God in our hearts. Let us hold unswervingly to it. It strengthens us. It gives us determination. It releases creativity and vision. And the prophet Isaiah understood this. He said to the people of Israel, as he wrote to them, he said to them, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles, they will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Why? Because they had found and renewed hope in God. And I want to suggest to you a Christian, my Christian friend today, as you walk the walk of Jesus, you've got to hold on to hope. As you, as you live in this world, as you go through everything that this world throws at you, as the circumstances of life that come your way, you've got to hold on to hope in your life. You've got to say, actually, I will not let go. See, how many of you know you can let go of hope? See, here's the truth. You can't hold on to everything. Have you ever been camping? You've come home and you've opened the boot of the car and you've looked at the drive and you've decided you're going to put everything in your arms and walk in. Is it just me? So I just kind of add it and add it and add it, and then I walk like this: holding on to hope. And before long, most of it lies on the drive. And I have to make three trips where I really only just wanted to do one. See you can't hold on to everything. And you know, you've got to decide what it is that you're going to hold on to. See, some people hold on to grudges. They won't let go. And it determines their life and shapes how they uh, interact in life. Because they won't let go of it. They're holding on to it. They're meant to be holding on to hope, but they're holding on to grudges. They're holding on to resentment. They're holding on to disappointment. They're holding on to failure. They're holding on to all these kind of things. And the Bible says, hey, you need to let go of some of that stuff and hold on to the hope that God's put within you. You've got to let that rise up in you. You've got to stir that up. You've got to work it out. See, nobody else can hold on to hope for you. You've got to do it for yourself. That's the problem right there, isn't it? Don't you wish that you could just stand on the line this morning and I could impart hope into your life and just go receive it in Jesus' name. And you'd skip out going hallelujah. See, sometimes we just want other people to do it for us. But we have to come to that place and say, actually, you know what? I mustn't let, can I ask you today, what have you let rob you of your hope in God? What have you let take it away? what have you let snatch it out of your life because actually it's hard to hold on you've got to work at it you've got to give it to the lord see we've got to decide that actually hope is what we're about we're living in hope the bible says that hope is an eternal attribute of the christian life paul said if only for this life we have hope in christ we ought to be pitied among all people. What was he saying? He was saying, listen, the hope of Christ is eternal. It's not just for this world. How many of you know that you're going to wake up in eternity one day and the hope of knowing God is going to overwhelm your soul? Come on. That's what this is about, isn't it? See, sometimes I think we forget that, folks. Sometimes I think we get into the mundane routine of life and we just kind of like, oh, God, get me through today. Friends, God's promised to get you through today. In fact, he's promised to take you to tomorrow. The hope of the Christian gospel is not just strength for today. It's bright hope for tomorrow. And we need to put that into our spirit. We need to understand that. We need to not let go of that. We need not to live like everybody is. The Bible says we should make our homes here like strangers and aliens. Why? Because our home is not here. Our home is there. And so often for us, we get bombarded with the stuff that's going on today. And we have to lift our eyes and say, you know what? I'm a citizen of heaven. Come on, church. I'm telling you the truth today. If you're in Christ, you're a citizen of heaven. I don't care what you live in today, heaven's where you're going. And we have to start to stir up our heart and say, you know what, I'm not going to let go of that. We let go of it when all of a sudden we take our eyes off what Jesus is and what he's doing in our lives. Christianity is about the hope of eternal life. There is a now and not yet tension to the Christian faith that we live with. And we have to make sure that in the middle of that we keep on. That's the point of being a believer. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, if the dead are not raised, let us eat and drink, for tomorrow we die. That's a cheerful little passage, isn't it? That's the philosophy of so much of the world. Why? Because they do not have the hope of eternal life, friends. We need to recognize that Christianity is not just about having a better plan for life. Christianity is about having a hope of eternal life. It's about having a hope of something that's beyond the grave. It's about having a hope of seeing. You know, when we we mourn our loved ones who pass from us, Alison and Reg and many others in my 15 years in the church, but the Bible says we do not mourn like those who have no hope because we believe that we will see them again. Friends, either this is the critical message of the faith or else it means nothing. If all Christianity is, is living excited on Sunday, friends, it's not enough. It's got to be a hope that wells up within us. And that's why the writer of Hebrews says, let us hold unswervingly, firmly, tightly, uh, unendingly to the hope that God has put within our lives. Because if we don't hold on to it, we are going to have trouble as we walk through the Christian life. And we see that. And I just want to talk a little bit about that today. Because I think Jesus is great, I, I think the gospel is exciting. I think that, you know, you are good. Didn't you just want to shout that out today? You are good. Friends, sometimes we just have to remind our faces what our hearts believe. Don't you think? You are good. You are good. Oh. Come on, there needs to come something out of us. We need to say, you know what, I believe this, and it changes everything. I believe this and it puts hope in my heart. I believe this and I can see a future that God has his hand on me. Yes, I might be walking through the valley of the shadow today. But hey, you know what? The shepherd is with me and he has put hope in my heart that the shadow will pass. And therefore, I'm going to put my trust in him. I'm not going to put my trust in princes and men and whatever they can do. Whatever they can't do. I'm going to put my trust in God. Because he's the hope of my life. Friends, the world doesn't understand it. It doesn't make sense to them. It seems futile. It makes us seem small to them because they think that we're just overwhelmed with life. And guess what? We are. Because we believe that God has given us hope for life in his kingdom. And I want to just unpack that a bit today. I want to talk about the hope that we have. Because you know what? You need to understand the hope you have if you're going to hang on to it. Do you know that? Firstly, our hope is in the love of the Father. I was going to do a beautiful PowerPoint to this, but I ran out of time. Um, so just imagine a beautiful PowerPoint I'll help you. Our hope is in the love of the Father. Our hope is in the love of the Father. The Bible says this, but God demonstrates his love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. See, our hope is is in the love of God for us. How many of you know that God loves you? I mean, you've got to carry that in your heart. You see, if you lose the hope of God's love, if you lose the truth of God's love, if you lose the embrace of God's love, then instantly hope starts to go. Anybody know what I'm talking about? If you feel you're distant from the Lord, then your hope starts to diminish. And so Paul, uh, the writer of Hebrews, <laughs> I think it's Paul, it always comes out, um, uh, he, he says, listen, hold on. Hold on to the hope of God's love for your life. Hold on to this. see, when we lose our hope in God's love, then actually it becomes about what we can do, not about what God's done. And so we have to embrace the love of God. And we see uh, the Bible reveals a God as a father who loves us. Listen, he comes in the cool of the day and he walks with Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. Wow. Isn't that something? Adam and Eve had a busy day. And all of a sudden, the Lord appears and walks with them. How many of you know he didn't have to do that? He did that because he loved to be with his creation. The creator and the creation walking together. This intimate picture of God's love being displayed in our lives. We know he loves us. He promises Abraham that he will bless him. No, he promises Abraham that he will bless all the nations of the earth through him. Why? Because God focuses his love, not just on one person, but on the world. Our hope is in that love of God. He comes to Moses and says, I have heard about the suffering of my people. I've heard the cry. I am concerned about them. And I've come down to deliver them. To deliver one of them? No, to deliver all of them. Why? Because he loves us because he cares for us he sends his prophets to the kings of israel and judah again and again and he comforts his people and he corrects his people and he warns them why because he loves them because he wants them to live in fellowship with him and to be restored to him and then finally he sends his son into the world to save us oh the love of jesus See, I don't know about you friends, but sometimes I just think in the busyness of life, in the petitions that we bring, we let go of the hope of God's love for us. And sometimes we just have to say, Lord, I don't know what's going on around here, but I know, Lord, that you love me. My hope is in your love for me. It's not in it's not in what what happens, Lord, necessarily, but it's in Lord your love for my life and what you've done for me. Amazing love. How can it be that thou, my God, wouldst die for me? And it's this love that we hope in today because it changes us. It's this love that brings us security. It's this love that brings us strength. It's this love that surrounds our lives because we live in it. And and it's uh, just a comfort to us. And, you know, I, I love that because it's not about his love doesn't change when we change. Have you ever had that with people? You think they're really nice and then one day they prove that they're not. (laughs) And all of a sudden you find it hard to love them. Once upon a time it was easy and now it's not quite so easy because our love changes. Friends, I want you to know God's love never changes. We sang it right at the beginning, his love never fails, never gives up. See, that's the hope that we have. We have a hope that even when we're on a terrible day, a terrible week, a terrible month, dare I even say it, a terrible year. Anybody know what that's like? The love of God doesn't change. It's not determined by our attitude. Philip Yancey says this, there's nothing you can do to make God love you less and there's nothing you can do to make God love you more. He just loves you. What incredible love. Friends, that's where our hope is today. It's in the love of the Father that God will never treat us as our sins deserve. Wow. Our hope is in the love of a Father who cares for us. 1 John 3, see what great love the father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. do you love that little phrase? And that is what we are. I don't know what you feel you are today. I don't know what's going on in your life. I don't know whether you feel you're close to God or far from God, but I want to tell you friends, you're a child of God. He loves you. He wants to lavish his love upon you. He wants you to live securely in your identity as a child of God. That's the hope that we profess. You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you've received mercy. Amen. Our hope today is in the love of the Father. Secondly, our hope today is in the work of the Son. It's in the work of the Son. Hebrews 10, 19, Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain that is his body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God. See, the hope that we have is, one, in the love of the Father for us, but then, two, it's in the work of Jesus for us. He's made a new and living way for us. You know, that's why... You know, I don't know about you, but this morning I just wanted to jump. got a bad leg. Well, you can tell it's a good day when Eve starts waving a flag, that's what I say. You know, we know we're breaking into heaven then, do you know what I mean? You know, I can just, you know, you can just tell, because you're just in the presence of God, the work of Jesus. You see, what is it? There's a way open for us. And there's something wonderful about it when we come together as God's people and we come through faith in Christ into the presence of God and we lift up our hands and start to bless the Lord. something great about it, isn't there? Something, something edifying about it. There's something deeply spiritual about it. There's something that starts to overflow in your heart as you begin to sing these great words of praise and thanks to God and you start to say, yes, Lord, you've done this for me. God, I'm living in the hope of that. And all of a sudden, his love starts to take over into our lives. Our hope is built on Jesus today, on what he has done for us. That's why the symbol of Christianity is a cross, because Jesus paid it all on the cross. That's why it's, it's a symbol of his sacrifice, because his work on the cross has opened a way for us. The message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. I know you know this stuff, friends, but I'm telling you, you've got to hold on to this. You've got to hold on to it. It's got to be the thing that, that gets you through. It's got to be the thing when sin has crouching at your door, seeking to devour you, and has overwhelmed you. You've got to come back to the, word of, the work of Jesus on the cross and say, my hope is built on nothing less. That's what Jesus has done for me. That's why I find courage to stand on a platform and preach because of what Jesus has done. That's so why I find courage to get up in the morning and call myself a child of God. Why? Is it because I'm good? No, it's because he's good. Because of what he's done. And so we have to come to that place in our lives. hope is what Jesus has done firstly he's redeemed us Ephesians 1 verse 7 in him we have redemption through his blood the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace you know redemption is not a word we use much uh, today but but the meaning of it there he's it means to give a payment to secure release or freedom for something else and we've got to understand friends that we were captured see sometimes we, we forget that we were slaves to sin our sinful nature had condemned us. See, the Bible doesn't say that, uh, um, that we are we're just because we're wrong. It says we, we were condemned already because we didn't believe in what Jesus had done. And therefore, life comes to us and Jesus comes uh, into this world 2,000 years ago and he offers himself as a sacrifice for the sins of the world, past and present. Because God stepped into time from eternity and gave his son to cover our sin. See, sometimes we forget how awful sin is. Do you know that? We do, don't we? Sometimes we forget that sin is offensive to God. That sin caused Jesus to come to the cross and die. See, sometimes we think, well, actually, you know, everybody, it's everybody else who's sinful, it's not me. Sometimes when we've been in church a long time, we think we're less sinful than other people. We look down on people whose sins are obvious. The Bible says, doesn't it, the sins of some are obvious. Coming before them, the sins of others come behind them and, and can't be seen so easily. Friends, it doesn't matter whether they're obvious or not. Friends, it's, we're all still sinners saved by grace, aren't we? We need to understand that. You see, the hope of the work of Jesus rises in your heart when you understand that you're prone to sin. Hello. Is it just me? We have to come to that and say, you know what? My sin has separated me from the God, from the Lord. My sin and has it has just affected me. I've been captured by it. But Jesus paid it all. He paid the price for my sin, and he broke the chains that bound me, and he gave me freedom. He redeemed me from the pit from the uh, despair. That is the hope we have. He has redeemed us. He has reconciled us. But now he has reconciled you, Colossians one twenty two, by Christ's physical body through death to present you wholly in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. See, it's a wonderful thing because not only has the payment been made, but the relationship's been restored. See, see that's difficult, isn't it? See, it's something to fall out with somebody and ask them to forgive you and they'll let you off and say, okay, i forgive you. But they're not going to ask you around for tea, are they? And maybe you don't want to go. Come on, we all know what that's like, don't we? But Jesus didn't just pay the price. He said, come and dine with me in my father's house. That's good, isn't it? Yes, David's Wonderful. See, I don't know about you, church, but see, we need to remind ourselves of this stuff because this is what, this is what the hope's all about. The hope isn't just about, you know, uh, we've got a great life now. The hope is that we can come boldly into the presence of God. And actually, he looks at us and he calls us his sons and daughters and he does not remember our sin. Come on, I'm, I'm glad. Friends, we, we remember our sin. We remember the sin of people around us. God chooses to forget it. As far as the east is from the west. In other words, infinity, he lets you off. Chooses it to remember it no more. How dare we get so offended by other people when God's forgiven everything we've ever done? We need to understand that He has reconciled us to Him. And all of a sudden, we don't just have to come and sit uh, uh, and stand in the corner like servants because He says, Come and sit at the table. See, if God just called us His servants, we could all live with that, couldn't we? But He calls us His sons and daughters. Jesus told the parable of the, uh, good, uh, the prodigal son. He said, I'm just, I just, I'm only worthy to be a servant. Friends, how many of us could argue with God if he told us to stand in the corner of heaven and just serve him? We'd count ourselves lucky to be there. But he says, no, you, you don't just come as slaves. You're my sons and daughters. You're my creation. I love you. That's the work of Jesus. He's reconciled us to himself. And then he's renewed us, it says, in 2 Corinthians 5. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. I don't know about you, but don't you need to recognize that? I love that. The new is here. (laughs) There's a new creation in me. Don't you love that? Something in me that stirs up in the presence of God. Something in me that overflows with praise. I don't know about you, but I wasn't always like that. I didn't always get excited about sitting in the presence of God. Did you? Sometimes you just think, oh man, I've been in my church all my life. I was in church when I was a week old and I think I've been there ever since. And it didn't really mean much. But all of a sudden there came a day, friends. There came a day when my life became alive in Christ. I became alive in him. Don't you want to be alive in Jesus? Some of you need to carry that in your spirit. Hold on to the hope that you have. You need to remind yourself, I'm alive in Christ. Don't let yourself be Encaptured again with the yoke of slavery. I'm going to speak about that in a few weeks. But keep yourself alive. Keep yourselves in the love of God. Some of you need to wake up in the morning and say, I'm alive in Christ. Not just thank God I'm alive. (laughs) I mean, you can say that as well, but then get into it. You know what, Lord? I'm alive in you. I I want to have this relationship with you. Jesus died so this new creation, this new me today, can live in all the fullness of the kingdom of God. I want to enter into that. That's holding on to the hope we profess. You see, holding on is, is, um, is active, not passive. It's too much passivity in Christianity. Too much, well, hold the fort, for he is coming. He is coming, and you do need to hold the fort. But actually, maybe you need to ask for a bit more than that. Maybe to say, I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Not just I live by faith and maybe one day I'll get into eternity. No, it's come on Lord, you've got a new life for me to live. I want to enjoy it. I want to walk with you, I want to know you, I want to encounter you, I want to carry your presence in my life. This is eternal life, John 17 verse 3, one of my favourite verses in the Bible. You should know it. This is eternal life that they know you, the only true God. And Jesus Christ, him you sent. What a wonderful verse. See, knowing Jesus is what life's really all about. It's to carry that presence with him, that new life that he's giving us. Our hope is in the work of Jesus on the cross, who redeemed us from sin, who reconciled us into a relationship with God and renews us so we can enter into that life with him. And then finally, our hope is in the presence of the Spirit. Romans 15, verse 13 says this, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Come on, church. We're spirit people, aren't we? We're spirit people, aren't we? We're people who carry the presence of God in our hearts with the Spirit, aren't we? Where people who believe, not just believe, but who receive. Come on. Peter stood up on the day of Pentecost. He said, come on, believe and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Believe and the Spirit will come upon you and you'll be filled with him. Come on, church. Sometimes I just think, how many of us are so passive in our Christian life? Come on, people, we're spirit people. Our hope is in the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives. It's overwhelming, isn't it? I don't know about you, church, but sometimes I just think we forget this part of the Bible. That we just limit the revelation of the Holy Spirit to little moments. Oh, did you feel it? Did you feel it? Oh, it was wonderful. But Jesus said that he would send the Holy Spirit to live in us. And to comfort us and to guide us and to strengthen us and to equip us. And he actually said to his disciples, it's actually better that I go, you know. Because if I go, then the Spirit can come. There's a fascinating little verse there, isn't there? Man, we don't understand the theology of that. We don't understand quite what that means, really. But Jesus said, I'm going to go, and then the Spirit's going to come, and he's going to live in the church. And his presence is going to be with everybody all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit comes He starts to fill the church and breathe upon them. And people start to respond to him. And people start to feel his presence. And people who have just barely heard about Jesus are being filled with the Holy Spirit. Don't you love that? Come on, church. We need, a, we need fresh anointing, don't we? We need a fresh move of the Spirit in our lives. How many of us need to just remind ourselves, my hope is in the presence of the Spirit in my life? My hope's not just in 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 just kind of like, well, I'm holding on, I'm believing and all of that. Friends, I believe in that and I do that. But sooner or later, I want my hope to be in the presence of the Holy Spirit in my life. I want to hear him. I want to be led by him. I want to hear his presence. I want to know his voice. I want to know his comfort. I want to feel his direction. When he says, walk in it. This is the way. Walk in it. Really? Can I be walking with you today, Lord? Yes, that's exactly what I want you to do. Am I asking too much, church? See, my hope is not just in the love of the Father. My hope is not just in the work of the Son. My hope is in the presence of the Spirit in my life. That actually I would live in the fullness of that. That actually I would operate out of His presence. And you know what? That, That takes me, you know... You know, sometimes we just want to say, "Well, all we have to do is read our Bible and pray, and that'll happen." Friends, that's not it. You can read the Highway Code as make a good driver. It's true, isn't it? You have to have someone. See, the Holy Spirit just doesn't come to give us instructions; He comes to show us. He comes to speak to us. He comes to comfort us in our weakness. He comes to to encourage us when we're down. Because sometimes, friends, no one else can do it, but the Lord can. I don't know about you, but sometimes people misunderstand me and all of a sudden they're moaning at me. Or people do understand me and they're moaning at me. I don't know. (laughs) Because I can't be what they want me to be. I fail people, I let people down and all that stuff that comes in and you find yourself, you know, down the garden eating worms. Anybody know that song? And there you are and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit comes and he begins to minister to you. begins to rest upon your life and all of a sudden you find confidence and strength again that doesn't come from your rationale or your positive thinking or your great ability it just comes from deep within your spirit because the presence of god is upon you and about you but as we were just worshiping this morning singing you are good you are good yes lord the presence of the lord came upon me and i just started to feel you know what lord it's gonna be okay why because you are good and God can do more in a moment with the presence of his spirit than a counselor can do in years. And I believe in counselors, so I do. Why? Because he brings his healing presence and he restores our soul. My hope is in the presence of his spirit in my life. So when the writer says, hold unswervingly to the hope you profess, I want to say the hope you profess today Is the love of the Father, the work of the Son, the presence of the Spirit in your life? And then he says this, for he who promised it is faithful. Come on, church. The Lord's faithful. The Lord's faithful. Friends, some of you today, you're in real difficult situations. Some of you have walked this year through grief and sorrow, through financial trouble, relational trouble, emotional trouble, mental trouble. Friends, we're not immune to the troubles of life. Friends, I understand them. Please, I'm not up here trying to be some pious pastor who's just throwing platitudes out. Friends, but here's the truth. Our hope is in the Savior of the world. Our hope is not in what happens here. Friends, we are just passing through. Our hope is in eternity. And we are citizens of heaven. Hold on tight to the hope you profess. I wonder, could we just pray for a moment? You know, this morning you might be here and uh, you're not a Christian yet. Perhaps you're here and you're just here to listen and uh, try and understand something. Or maybe you've come because somebody invited you or you just wandered in. And maybe you're not yet a believer in Jesus. I'm going to say to you today, you can find hope this morning. You can find hope in the love of Father God who cares for you. Who knows you, knows everything about you, but he cares for you. And you can find hope in the work of Jesus, his son, who came and died on a cross so that you could know the peace of God and forgiveness of sins and you can now hope this morning through the presence of the holy spirit believe on the lord jesus christ and you will receive the holy spirit this gift is for all those who will come and just as we're going to close our service in a few moments i just uh, want to before i do that i just want to give an opportunity maybe you're here today you say dave i need hope if you're offering me hope today, Dave, I'll, I'll take the hope of God in my life. So just as we're heads are bowed, if that's you, you're saying, David, would you pray for me? I need hope today. I just want you to slip your hand up where you are now. I'd love to pray for you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I see your hands. Bless you. You can put them down again. Bless you. Father, I just pray, Lord, for, Lord, my brothers and sisters here. Lord, some who, Lord, are just coming to you today. Lord, some who maybe for the first time are just turning to you and saying, I need hope in Jesus Christ. Lord, would you just come and rest upon their lives? Lord, as they put their trust in you today, Lord, in the situations of their lives, Father, would you reveal yourself to them right now, Lord? Lord, would you come, Lord, and just minister deeply, Lord, into the hearts of these people, Lord, in the situations that they face? Would you save them, Lord, and let them know, Lord, that they are new creations in Christ. Lord, where that's necessary, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I want us just to wait in the moment. I wonder if the band would come back, please. We're going to close our service. I want us to sing that last song, if that's okay. The king of my heart.